Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Morning Tea. I have a guest today and I am ridiculously excited to be with her. Devin, do you want to say hi? Hi everybody. I'm so happy to be here. Tell us a little bit about yourself because I'm the topic we're going to talk about I feel like is a little bit different today, but it's something that honestly like every salon owner in the world needs to hear at this point. Yeah, so uh, I've been in the industry about 15 years. I am in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, I specialize in um, extensions, color correction. I just recently uh, became a Redken artist. So that is my journey this year. Um, head of the education program at uh, Grow Hair Lounge. And basically, this is our little COVID love baby. We just decided that we hated our boss and needed to do the dip. And so we were just like... I gotta go. Bye. I look, first off, there's so many people that are going to resonate with that because it's, I feel like this industry is so hard. You can love doing hair so much, but if you have a shitty boss, you'll, you might end up leaving the industry if you don't go out on your own. A hundred percent. I mean, a hundred percent. I mean, I feel like I loved the industry so much and I just really thrived on learning and whenever you have that toxic energy that you're surrounded, you're like, do I even want to be here anymore? Mm -hmm. I mean, I moved to Atlanta in 2018 and worked for this crazy boss and I was there for a year and she made me question everything because I didn't do it exactly the way that she did it. I mean, I worked at a dry bar for four years. I literally blow dried hair for eight hours a day. And then to have someone be like, you didn't do it the right way because I didn't do it the way she did it. I'm like, now I'm questioning everything. And that's so hard because there's not one way to do anything at all. So really something that Devin and I wanted to talk about today is yes, cultivating like a work ethic. I feel like my opinion is Gen Z gets shit on so hard right now. People are like, they're lazy, they suck. And I don't actually believe that. I think Gen Z is the first generation to be like, I'm not going to tolerate working 60 hour weeks. I'm not going to tolerate being treated like shit. Like I'm a human being and life comes first and I, they don't accept anything else. Now with that, there's also a fine line. There's Yes, we have to work hard. So how do we cultivate that experience of like, we work hard, but I'm also not going to work you to the fucking bone. You know what I mean? Yep. I feel like I have been really towing that line. So I'm not the owner of the salon, but I'm basically the right hand man. And, you know, I've been here since the beginning. And the most important thing was cultivating an environment where, stylists felt free to be whoever they want to be behind the chair in front of the chair you know to call in the clients that felt they resonated with and to have that freedom where if you want to go take a week off vacation you can do that and not feel like you have to break your back to make up for it Mm -hmm. but at the same time making sure that you're cultivating a work ethic where they are still working so hard for themselves and for the company when they are there. Absolutely. Well, and that's the thing that I think I don't feel like I do. 
I don't think hustle culture. I do believe, I do believe in hustling, which is interesting, but I feel like I don't believe in hustle culture. Mm. I do think that I work very fucking hard. I know that you guys work hard. Like my staff works really hard, but I'm not like hustle more, do this, do like, to me, there always comes a limit. Like my admin for my company is actually my brother. And he handles so much stuff for me to the point where like, I honestly don't even know how to do some things in my company anymore. And he just had a baby like a week ago. So all of a sudden I, yeah, I'm an auntie. So cute. So like I sat there for a minute, he's in the hospital with his wife and his baby. And I'm sitting there like, I have to do X, Y, Z. And I literally had a minute where I'm like, I don't actually know how to do that anymore. And I almost text him because I needed it done for my company. And then I'm like, you know what? No, you fucking figure it out. He is officially on paternity leave. If he mm-hmm. feels like picking up a laptop, great. If he doesn't, I don't care. He's on salary. He's still making money. Like I, that's why I think there's limits. I don't think it has to be all or nothing, but I feel like how we were, I don't want to say like raised, but how we were like raised in this industry, you're there six, seven days a week. You take anything and everything. There are no days off. A client texts you, you text him back immediately. And I think all that's bullshit. I don't think that's the way to build anymore. Well, I, I, I like to reference it to people who have normal jobs right (laughs) so it's like is your boss texting you after your work hours no and if they do are you answering no my my partner she'll be we'll be sitting on the couch and a client sometimes it's time sensitive and you know we we're those bleeding hearts right so i have a client who has all of a sudden some frantic thing and i'm like okay this is time sensitive i need to talk to her and so as long as i communicate that she's like that's okay but also at the same time she's like where are your boundaries because Mm -hmm my hours are this to this. And I'm like, I know, but also at the same time, like I don't really have hours and like I work behind the chair, but then also, but it's just making sure that you, you know, someone told me your hundred percent is not my hundred percent. And you have to coach people where they're at. You can't can't coach people. Like I can't coach my associate the way like, I can't expect me from her. I have to believe that she's showing me what she what she is and what she has. And I have to coach to that. If I want to work four or five days a week, that's me. Some yep. people are okay working one or two days, taking two clients. And if that's what she wants, then that's great for her. I can't fault her Yeah, for not wanting to work as much as I do because she's not me. I so love I that. that was mm-hmm. well, and I know like for me, I'm, I don't want to say I'm a workhorse, but I can get some shit done. Oh yeah. And I, I, move, I definitely am. Yep. And I move very quickly. I move at the speed of light. Like I'm aware of that. And that was something hard for me that initially I was like, why doesn't everybody move as quickly as I do? Why don't they work as fast as I do? And then I was like, okay, not to be like, <laughs> I'm so great. I'm just an exception to the general rule of how quickly people can work. And I'm sure being the exception, it's hard some days. I'm also sure probably my ADHD. Like when I'm in it, I'm in it. I'm getting Mm -hmm. done. Like we're fucking going, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that that's the norm. And that's not the expectation I have for anybody that works with me. Have you heard 
of the fucking drama with, I don't even want to say the name, but the man and the woman that have a podcast on TikTok and they got canceled overnight over reading like something a viewer sent in. No. Okay. It's totally relevant. So I don't want to say if there's this girl, this guy. And they have a podcast and someone sent in an email of an issue they were having with their job. And so this man and woman, I'm going to call her Sally. So Sally's reading it. And the entire premise of the story she was reading was an employer sent this in saying that he has an employee and the employee works nine to five. And so he had text the employee saying, hey, tomorrow we are having a meeting at 8 a.m. I need you here. And the employee said, no, thank you. My hours are nine to five. You did not give me enough forewarning. Are you paying me for these extra hours? Also, I already have plans in the morning. And here's what was interesting. The woman reading the podcast shit all over the employee. Immediately, she was like, that's ridiculous. I can't believe you don't want to be a team player. Like it was not it was not a good response that she had to this letter. And she she went on pretty heftily about it. And a guy ended up stitching it on TikTok, doing like a skit to it. And he was like, so you mean to tell me because you had poor planning, it's not in my contract that I have to be there. I My hours are from here to here. You're not paying me for it. You expect me to cancel my life. And I think honestly, it was just like a workout. But he's like, it doesn't matter if it's just a workout. That's part of my life and my mental health. But you don't fucking like it. This entire podcast got canceled. Like people, I don't agree with this, but they were literally telling him to like unalive themselves. And I'm like, let's not take it that far. Like, let's have a little empathy for everybody. But it was so interesting that then the man and the woman on the podcast, Sally and the guy, were like, you guys misunderstood. And everyone's like, Mm. you can't backtrack now. It's the fact that you are upset that an employee stuck to their boundaries based on what they were being paid. Have you heard the phrase, act your wage? (laughs) No, but that's hilarious. I'm not gonna lie, it's one of my favorites. Act your wage and quiet quitting are hilarious that is to me. So funny. My favorite thing to say when it comes to situations like that is a lack of preparation on your part does not constitute an emergency on mine. Yep. I say that to people all the time. Your lack of preparedness is not my emergency. Sorry. It's not. Everybody mm-hmm. has lives. Yep. And that could have been as simple as had you given me a couple week notice. But I think also the fact that it was a very valid point. Are you paying this hourly employee for the extra time? If you're not, they don't have to be there. Mm -hmm. It's literally that simple. I raised you a question though. So bringing that into consideration, how do you feel about these new stylists coming in to the industry and they're asking to be paid those hourly wages to sit in on an education class. Because on one hand, I agree, like, you are expecting me to be here if it's pre-planned. And so are you paying me to do this? But on the other hand, chances are the salon owner is paying someone else for that education. So... That one is so hard. And you know what? I bet you I could play devil's advocate. Of course, all day. I I could do devil's. I am literally in my friend group. I'm known as devil's advocate because they'll be like, all right, honey. I'm like, oh, I know. Mm -hmm. So I see it on one side as, and I'll use an example. 
my uh, my protege Jasmine, she's going to learn a Luna class. It's a three day class. I paid for her entire ticket. Mm-hmm. I paid for the ticket. I paid for all of the um, tools that she was going to need. The street. I paid for everything. Am I paying her hourly for to be in that class? No, I am not. Right. No. I, yeah, I'm not. I'm not paying you to take a class that I already paid for. That seems ridiculous to me. Right. Now, when I have her come into the salon to work on a mannequin with me, I do pay her for that. Uh So that to me, I feel like there's a difference between like, hey, we are all going to a class to do this wonderful thing, come join versus in order for you to work here, it is mandatory that you learn this thing and take this class. I think that is a different like that hits different for me. Mm -hmm. So what do you think about, uh, you know, your in-salon education? So we have, I do uh, Friday classes and I have a little, I have notes, I have ongoing notes with each person because we're a small team. So it's easy for them to do shared notes with me. And um, our new associate keeps a running things that she like runs into during the day and she'll add it. And so I have like a running list of different things that I can take a you know an hour or two she's on the clock but so she's getting paid for that however if we have like a full day like okay so in the first friday of every month everybody has to you know come in because we're doing uh oops sorry a doing a class on blonding do they get paid for that or Mm -hmm. or is it not mandatory and are we gauging what people's like motivation is? And like, here's the opportunity for a class. Are you hungry? Well, and then I also think, what does it come down to legally? <clears throat> right. Because the government and the state laws might have a different opinion than what we have. 100%. And I think that also has to come into play that we might feel like, Like, so here's the crazy thing. Okay. So Jasmine, my protege, she's actually a 1099, Mm -hmm. which is rad for her. Technically, we're not supposed to do that in California. I found a way to do it. But guess what? That also means I can't tell her when to come to work. Mm -hmm. I cannot tell her what to wear to work. I cannot require anything of her because she's a subcontractor. And I have made that very clear to her. Frankly, you coming to work to assist me and work with clients is an option and a choice that you get to make every single day. Mm -hmm. Literally. I'm not having that. Um, No, I don't want anybody to have a choice. I'm the, no. Well, here's the crazy part. She's never chosen. No. Right. She's never chosen to not come. She's never chosen to not, I can't even make, I can't force her to practice Luna. I cannot make her do anything. She's hungry, but she's hungry. And every step of the way she chooses to do the thing that she knows will set her up for pure and utter success for the rest of her life. Mm -hmm. But I will say Jasmine is an exception to the rule. She is not the rule. I happen to find another exception. Would I ever have another person on my team like that? No, Jasmine's one in a million. She's never going to exist again. And I'm aware. So that's where it's, it's so, it's We're so We're the 1% hard. for a reason, man. We are the 1% for a reason. I told Heather I wanted to have a beanie that just had 1% on it. Nobody just knows what it means, but those 1%. <laughs> yeah. Straight up. And, and that's the thing. And so that's why I think if, if something is mandatory, 
I think regardless of feelings, legally, you have to pay them. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. that's just it. like legality will trump everything else. You mm-hmm. have to pay them. Okay, but what now, about paid vacation? Paid vacation? As that like, is a list. That is on the list. And this is why when you text me and you said, can I have some ideas? And I said, I feel very strongly about this because on the list of things that new stylists are looking for in a salon is, I wrote it down so I didn't forget, paid education, which great. Fair. Fair. Paid vacation. Okay, so I have a question about paid vacation. I have lots of questions about that. So number one, are you in corporate America or are you trying to do hair? Well, and here's my question with paid vacation. Is the amount you get like, okay, like salons who are very big on retail where they're like a percentage of your retail goes to your um, like education is it something like that? Or are they saying I'm entitled to X amount of vacation per year? Oh, interesting. I don't know how I personally feel about that. I do. What I, I do think even commission artists should have unlimited vacation time. You take as much time off as you want. Mm -hmm. But the audacity, I don't know where they purchased it, but paid vacation. Pay? Pay? I would love to have a stylist that's like a newer one who's like, I, yes, I want paid vacation. Here's why I think. Dead ass. And I'm like, well, you know what I want? A different person to interview because. That just tells me, it just tells me so much about you. When like that is what you're asking for, like, well, and for me off, it's off like the, off rip, like right out of hair school, bro. Oh, if you're like in you know a salon management, or if you are a front desk associate, or if you were an hourly employee, that like after you you know after a year or whatever, the way that corporate America works because that is a corporate America idea is a paid vacation, yeah. like sure. But if you are a commissioned or a 1099 and you are a service provider and are only getting paid when you are providing a service, I don't agree with that. I mean, if you mm-hmm. want me to take $100 out of your paycheck and then give it to you at the end of the year and be like, take a vacation, you could do that. I'm down for that because you earn that legitimately. And you know what? And I feel like, I think it's hard for, devil's advocate, it's hard for me to make an argument for a brand new person out of school who is not bringing additional income into the salon to exactly. have Exactly, you're costing me money. It's, and that's, and I don't, and I think that's the, I think this is where truly cosmetology schools have failed all artists. And I think maybe that's why they come out. And I don't want to say with a sense of entitlement, but I think almost a sense of like not understanding the reality of what it takes to run a business. I would love nothing more than giving someone constant vacation and paid time off. That sounds wonderful, but 
Also, if I did that, like, so I'll give you an example. I had someone DM me and cause I have my hairline morning hair and they were like, Hey, I think it'd be cool if you gave away free color rings to people who purchased your hair. And I'm like, I love that idea. If I did that, I would go bankrupt. Um, it's free for, for you, not free for me. It's not free for me. It's actually yeah. very, very expensive for me. Right. Color rings cost way more than you could ever imagine. I was fucking gobsmacked and there's minimums I have to order. So I told her, I said, hey, I love that idea and I would love nothing more than to be able to do that, but I would go bankrupt. So the money would have to come from somewhere for the company to not go under. So it's either people pay for it or I have to up the price of my hair, which I have kept as cheap as I possibly can without me losing money in order to make sure the company is alive. Because, and I understand her like reasoning. She's like, I just don't know why they're expensive. And I'm like, because it is still real hair. And they're honestly, frankly, expensive as fuck. And the you more colors tell her you to have, buy a pack of each one of your hair and then like cut it and make her own. Well, that's kind of smart though. And mine are sold individually. So honestly, yeah. if someone really wanted to, they could. Yeah, just bought, that's what we did. We bought one of each. We just, just... <laughs> here they are. Just, just here but they I are. Think that, but I think that that's like where cosmetology school has failed, that people don't understand the cost of doing business. So although I'm sure as a business owner, Heather, who owns Grow, you know, Heather, you would love to give every employee paid time off, like including sure. yourself, but it's, the matter of the fact of if you do that, the salon goes under. Mm-hmm. So it's, do you, do you want a place to work or do you want paid time off? Because sometimes there just can't be both. And it's not because you guys are greedy or, but because you guys are dicks, but it's the fact of the salon can't survive doing that. Because we so, are providing services. And if yes. no one's here to provide a service, there's no money. There's no money. Now I would argue, let's say someone was like a very high producer. They brought in multiple six figures a year. Fuck yeah. We can talk about a week. We can talk about a week of PTO. Okay. Yeah. Because then at that point, they probably either put their time into the company and earned that. And that can be written into a contract. Or, you know, once you hit these numbers or hit those numbers, but like, I'm talking about just like, straight out the gate that's and that's that's hard and you know what i say hey look you know what at least you asked i mean right maybe their their mentality is like there's no harm in asking so right. maybe that's what works too like fuck it ask and if the answer is no it's no but there's I always do no think if you don't that ask it's always a no. So at that point, maybe I'm kind of like i you know what's so funny i've had to learn to like even though sometimes people ask shit that i'm like that's so fucking offensive. I'm like, you know what? Maybe they're just really balls and they were like, fuck it. The worst thing I can do is ask. And I think weirdly having that like empathetic understanding has, or that like reasoning has made me more mm-hmm. empathetic because sometimes I'm like the fucking balls y'all have to ask these questions. Sometimes. They just don't care. Especially Gen Z. I read a thing somewhere and it said, uh, Gen Z will not call and make their own doctor's appointments, but they yell in a cop's face at a riot. I was like, it's kind of true. Like they're like really brave when it comes to like the whole point of that was they're very brave and outspoken when it comes to what they like are really passionate about and truly believe yeah. in. 
but also at the same time there's this like very meek underdeveloped side to like adulthood or like I don't know it's it's just I'm like you're you're, you're too big for your britches you're being too big for your britches that's how I feel but you know what? I can also bring that back to schools. Like uh-huh. what do schools teach us? Honestly, what did you learn about taxes from school before you graduate? Cause I didn't learn shit. Not a damn thing. Not a damn, damn thing. You know what I learned in hair school? I learned the color wheel and what elevation of a graduated haircut is. That's it. And honestly, even going back farther than that high school, how the hell are we not taught taxes in school? So I also think part of it... The mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. (laughs) And Y equals MX plus B. That's what I learned. But you know what? I think part of it is we do live in a culture where we are taught and raised to be an employee. Like you're honestly like we're raised to sit at a desk for 40 hours a week. And that's like kind of what's expected. Uh So in a creative outlet, it is very like hair. It is, it is very, very different. Um, so I think that's maybe why sometimes they come out and they're like, well, if this is what's expected and this is what these people get, can I get those same things? And it's like, no, do you know, there's a salon. I don't, I don't want to say where they are incredibly famous that everyone in the hair world knows their name. Do you know they make their employees sign away the rights to bathroom breaks and lunch breaks? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. They do it. These people sign off on their rights all the time. And that's where I think it's so hard. Once devil's advocate, once again, you have some that are like, Hey, at bare minimum, like I, I would like these things. And there are others that are like, yeah, well, fuck it. I guess I don't have to eat during a 12 hour day in hopes of, you know, my big break in the industry. And that, that sucks. That, I, I mean, I do that shit without signing a contract, but ew, not on I purpose. Ew, and I will not. Sorry. I want my break. I want my snack. <laughs> I'm Look, not doing sometimes that. Sometimes it just gets away from me, man. Sometimes it just gets away from me. But I hear you. absolutely insane. But another thing that I am in full support of is the four-day work week. I have a two-day work week and I love it. I love that. But okay, but also you have a multiple streams of income. You have multiple businesses. You've been doing this for a long time. But like coming out of hair school, like they're wanting a four-day work week. And I'm like, please give them that because maybe your body will last longer than mine because I'm out here with an 85 year old body in a 36 year old brain. Yes. I don't think it's right. I hate when people are like, well, I had to do it. You had to do it just because you had to do it. Didn't make it right to begin with. Like how about we treat the new generation better? You treat them as the co-stylist, not as the person who is beneath you because they are the next generation. And I, That is something that I really had to learn. And it was like unlearning the behavior. And I am, if not, I'm nothing, if not self-aware. And it took, I mean, it took Heather being my like co-stylist transitioned into boss Mm -hmm. for her to coach me in a way that made me understand like, Hey, these are these toxic behaviors that you've picked up and that you are passing along 
And I had to sit back and I was like, oh, damn, my bad dog. But Oops. I mean, it's true. And so, oh, I can, I mean, I feel like a better person now, I right? Like I look back at those things that I used to do, just the way that I talked or the expectations and, you know, it's not assistant, it's associate, which I try very hard to consciously use that word because assistant would imply that you're beneath me. And it's not, I just got here first. You're not yeah. below me as a person. I just know a little bit more. Mm -hmm. That's it. But so what I, mean, I was working say, in like, go ahead. No, go. so what would you say? Let's say there's a new artist, right? They are mm -hmm. listening to this podcast and they're like, okay, these are all fair points. What would you say are some questions they could ask a potential salon or what are like green flags they should be looking for in a salon? Um, I think that you need to ask the salon how much emphasis they put on education, number one, mm -hmm. because that is going to show you what the trajectory of your career is going to look like with them. Because if they are not paying attention to the trends, if they're not constantly wanting to better themselves, you're not going to learn. Love that. Um, I think that it's very important for you to both be on the same page about what your expectations of your own personal job behind the chair and also as a team member. Like, what do you expect from me as a team member? And on the opposite side, I was doing, a, I listened to the Thriving Stylist podcast, Brit Siva, and I, I mean, I love all of her stuff. And I went through all of her interview questions and one of them was talking to the stylist. They're like, what do you see? What, where do you see as your position here? And I think that it's just very important to be whatever it means is being on the same page with the salon that you are wanting to grow with. Those Love are that. my two, I think my two main things, making sure that education is key and, you know, that you are on the same page from the beginning with expectations on both sides, because they, both people are allowed to have those expectations. Mm -hmm. And I also think even asking like, for me, like logistical questions, what's the average work week here? Is it two days, three days, four, five, seven? Mm -hmm. um, even asking the owner, like, what does everybody do for fun? What are hobbies here? Because if a whole salon is like, we have no hobbies. We work. And if the owner's like, I don't have any life. Ooh, that for me is that's, that's a little hard. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Or even if it's like that, everybody has a five, six day work week and the owner comes in once every two to three weeks, which I've experienced that, like having like a longer work week, but the owner shows up literally once in a while to that's take a lot weirdly <laughs> That's, that's a red flag. Don't, yeah, yeah. Don't come by and give me the queen's wave. That's not, what are you, the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That so one of my really favorite interview questions is we just, it's not even a question. It's tell me something weird. <laughs> tell me something weird. Because that tells me a lot about who you are as a person. I don't care what it is, but I so I asked this to this girl that uh, came and interviewed, and so she had two different answers. Her first answer was snails breathe from the bottom of their body. 
Like they don't have a really? nose. And I was like, I'm gonna Google the shit. Okay, cool. That's weird. And then she was like, so I have something that's like a little bit more morbid, but I don't know if I, and I'm like, hit me with it. Hit me. And she was like, uh-huh. okay, so it takes 500 pounds of continuous pressure to decapitate a body. And I was like, hey, Heather, you can hire her. <laughs> so this weird girl talking about murder, we're, we're in. We like her. We're, we're going to do that. That's a yes for us. <laughs> To me, that tells me that she's weird like me. She watches a lot of true crime. She could probably protect me in a in a fight. Uh, <laughs> no, it's just... And then honestly, also, if you don't have an answer, to me, either we need to get you a little bit more comfortable talking to me or we need to do some Googling because, like, how, how could... Do you know anything weird? Me? Uh, My favorite is sloths. Their grip is so strong that when they die, if they're grabbing onto a branch, they'll stay. Mm -hmm. And also for a sloth to poop, well, for a sloth to poop, they crawl down a tree, they move the ground with their butt, they shit in it, and then they crawl right back up. (laughs) Okay, did you know that they can hold their breath longer than dolphins? I did not know that. That's amazing. (laughs) They can. They can hold their breath longer than dolphins. And they will squeeze you to death. I would love to be squeezed to death by a sloth. Are you kidding me? Yeah, they can do that. And the Eiffel Tower grows six inches in the summer because of iron expanding. Boom. That This was me agreeing with you. <laughs> we did it together. Well, and you know what's so funny? So when Jasmine was interviewing with me, one of the funniest things that she said to me that I was like, you're fucking it. Because we were just chit-chatting and she was she looked me dead in my face and said, I realize it seems like I don't have a personality. I swear that I do. It just takes a minute for it to come out. And I was like, oh, I love you. <laughs> exactly. You're I think it says, and like, even like, I think, especially when you're neurodivergent, I do think you have to work with like a particular type of person. Like I've been very clear with Jasmine. I'm like, if there ever comes a time in the salon, you are overwhelmed, overstimulated. You just need to take a breather or you're going to burst into fucking tears or you just like need a breather. I'm like, just say, excuse me, I'll be right back. I'm like, you are never going to get into trouble. I'm never going to be upset. There's no negative repercussions that are going to come with it because the energy is a lot some days. And it's some days, all days, all days. I came in. I, I, I came in one time and I am very, very sensory, like will be on sensory overload at any given moment. And I came in one day and around my station and the this space actually used to be our old salon and right behind me is where my chair was. And I came in and there was curtains hanging like, like a medical room. And I looked at it and Heather goes, their emotional support curtains. <laughs> and I cried right there. Straight up. Because it was like a sound buffer. So if I felt like I it was just overstimulating that I could just boop. Yep. It and was you know what? I mean, I feel like I feel like that's like the piece that I want people to realize. I don't think there's anything wrong with asking for what you want. And I will say this. Here's my here's what I'm gonna say about jumping back to vacation because we're coming to the end of the podcast now, but if you want to ask for PTO, 
ask for it. But also I would come up with a plan on where you think that money's coming from. Like, yes, I, I would love if you're even new at a salon, Hey, I realize I'm going to ask for something crazy. Would you be open to paid time off? I realize that's an expense that comes out of a salon. So here's my thought. I come onto the team and you know, I go through the program. I do X, Y, Z when I'm on the floor, when I hit this benchmark in a year, one year, 12 month span, can I get a week of PTO? Or if I sell X amount, can I just get even, you know, half of my amount paid towards PTO? Like I don't, if you are coming up with a plan, I would respect the fuck out of someone that said, Oh yeah. I'm like, okay, that looks like motivation to me. Show me. You got me. I got you. We scratching each other's backs. Let's do it. Yep. That for me, if someone came and said, I want paid vacation and here's how I'm me as an artist, here's how I'm going to make sure it happens. I'd be like, the balls on this bitch. Let's fucking go. You're crazy. Okay. Yeah. Here's Hera. Here's what I'm going to do for you so that you can do that for me. And I'd be like, sounds good. I'm in. Show me what you got. Let's go. Let's go. So what's like one final piece of advice that you'd like to leave new stylists with? Hmm. Hmm. Interview at least five salons. Do not go with your first pick because you never know what's underneath the surface of that interview. Ooh, I love that. Would you also recommend getting your hair done at that salon beforehand? I recommend you... I mean, I think that that's a great idea. I, I, I am trying to go get my hair done and I just want to blow out. I'm just like trying to sit and creep and look. I'm like, what are they doing? What's their service menu? Because also, even if you are working at a salon, I definitely think that you need to go and see what the service standard is around you. Because what if they're doing something? It's not just to pump yourself up with your own ego. What if they're doing something that you had no idea? You're like, oh my God, that's such a good idea. I think that I want to do that. Mm-hmm. It's seeing how other people are taking care of their clients so that you can make sure that you are taking care of yours as well. Love that. Love. Well, guys, thank you so much for being here with us on another episode of Morning Tea. Devin, thank you so much. This was thank an you, absolute blast. Yes, yes, I will be adding her Instagram down below so you guys can follow her. What's your Instagram? It's Devin. Devin.growATL. And it's Devin, D-E-V-Y-N. Yes. Perfect. Yeah. So be sure to follow her. She's amazing. I love all the stuff that you put out. You're just such like a, like a, every time I talk to you, I'm like, well, that's just Devin. Like that's just exactly how Devin is. You are authentically you. And that makes my heart every time I hear you, I'm like, (laughs) well, you called me a troublemaker the first time we met. So no, I stand by it. You are, but I love troublemakers. So listen, you remember me and that was the goal. And now we're besties. Yes, it is. It all works out. Yep. Well guys, thank you so much for being here and uh, we'll see you next week.